You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers, welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And this week's episode is very special to me because this is the episode where I talk about my wedding. That's right, you heard it first here. Well, maybe you heard it first on Instagram. Well, I am married to my handsome husband, Cornell Fox, and I'm so excited that the day finally came. Originally, I had scheduled this episode to talk to you about all the things that I've learned whilst planning a wedding during a pandemic. However, plot twist, we had to get married 10 days early, and I will break down to you why. But if you have been a part of my journey, if you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning, you remember when I was talking about, you know, the purpose in your singleness, and I was spending a couple of episodes talking to Langry Carroll, the author of The Single Heart, and we were really expressing our single uh, journeys and how God moved in that way. And during that time, I was single as a dollar bill. But lo and behold, a few months later, in January, whilst hosting the Single Summit with Sapphire Faith International Ministries, which is my mother-daughter ministry, I met the love of my life that I didn't know at the time at that Single Summit. So I just wanna talk to you about how God is so creative in his way of doing things and how his timing is most important. His timing is everything. I remember when I was single, I remember saying to God, like, you know, why, why is this taking so long? Even saying to God when potential suitors would approach, like, you know, Lord, why not him? And knowing for a fact that that wasn't the right choice that God had for me. So learning how to tune into exactly what the Holy Spirit is saying and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide me, not just in my spiritual life, but in my dating life and the rest of my life as well is so, so important. Because if I didn't allow myself to be guided by the Holy Spirit, I guarantee you that I wouldn't be here today telling you that I'm a whole wife. (laughs) All right, so let's really get into what had happened, as they say, all right? What had happened was, so as you know, if you've seen on social media, I had my countdown up. My wedding was scheduled to take place on April 22nd, 2021. And we were so excited. We were going to have 60 of our closest friends and family. We were going to have this beautiful church wedding at the church where my husband plays the pipe organ. And then it would be followed by a, a, a reception at the Lauren at the Pink Beach in, here in Bermuda, which is this 
oceanfront resort, amazing views. That was our plan, okay? That's the plan we had in place. Now, we thought that all of this COVID stuff would have died down by April. We got married, I'm sorry, we got engaged in September and put our date to April, thinking that everything would clear up. Because Bermuda at the time when we got engaged was doing really, really well with COVID. We only had a few cases, and then, you know, it all started going downhill in November, December. So in November, I braved uh, the airways and decided that I needed to travel to New York City to buy a wedding dress. In Bermuda, we don't really have any wedding shops. So in order for me to buy a dress, I would have to order it online and hope for the best. So I said to my mom, you know what? I think we should go. It was our intention to travel to the United Kingdom in December and do a shop there. However, the United Kingdom was not doing well with COVID. So after having a talk with my mom, I said, I think we should go to New York City and I think we should do it this weekend in November. Reluctantly, she said yes. And she said, okay, we decided that we are going to spend 30 hours in New York City to get this dress. So I had all my appointments made. Bermuda at this time was level zero on the CDC's a list of countries. So we didn't even have a like level one, four is the worst. We were zero. Basically all countries were accepting you if you flew from Bermuda because the likelihood that you had COVID was very, very low. I think um, we at that time had maybe less than five cases in an island of 65,000 people. So we were doing really well. So my mom and I grabbed our stuff. We hopped on a plane. Of course, me, double mask, had the face shield on. I was that person in the airport, in the plane, wiping everything down in the taxi, wherever we went. We got to New York City. That was a bit interesting. This was the first time flying, you know, during a pandemic. And the first time seeing the city so quiet, it was almost eerie. It was very like, where are the people? Where are the shops? Like what's happening? So I had my appointments lined up. I was going to go to Kleinfeld's first because I've always wanted to do Kleinfeld's. I watched Say Yes to the Dress a lot. So my mom and I was like, okay, we'll do Kleinfeld's. We'll do RK Bridal, which is where she got her, her dress from. And then we'll do David's Bridal. But my prayer was always that it would be the first place that I went to get a dress and one of the first few dresses because it was a pandemic, right? I, I really didn't want to spend a lot of time trying on a lot of things, having the mask on, interacting with other people because at the end of the day, I am in the vulnerable category. I have asthma. So I was like, this needs to be in and out. So that was my prayer. So the lovely lady from Kleinfeld gave me a call a week before our appointment. I sent her pictures of all the dresses that I liked so that she can pull it for me for that appointment. We go, we drop our suitcases off, we check in, we go straight to Kleinfeld's. Super excited. We get to Kleinfeld's. The lady, I can't remember her name, but she comes out to help and she's so lovely and she's the lady from Say Yes to the Dress. So we're in the Say Yes to the Dress room. So you know I'm living my best 
COVID life. And at that time, <laughs> um, I had my maid of honor is there with me via Zoom. So I was like, okay, let's try on the dresses. So she went and she pulled all the dresses that I wanted. And my eye was on this Disney princess, Aladdin princess Jasmine dress. That is the dress that I wanted. And if you know me, I love Disney. Like I I never got over that Disney phase of my life. I love Disney. I love Marvels. I love comic books. Like that's the quirky facts about me. So I was like, okay, all right, cool. I want this Aladdin dress. It's going to be beautiful. That's where my mind was when I got there. But I also had in my back, the back of my mind, when people would say to me, you know, it's never the dress that you think it's going to be. So I had that in the back of my mind. So the lady goes and she pulls on all, all, all the dresses for me and an extra one. So I try on my Disney princess Aladdin dress and I was like, oh no, this dress was not created for my body at all. It's a complete no, it's a failure. The way my hips, thighs and tummy is set up, she was like, sis, this isn't gonna work. So I was like, all right, it's not gonna work. So the second dress I tried on, I don't even think, actually, let me go back. I don't even think I bothered to come out of the dressing room because I was like, this doesn't work. I have nothing to show anybody. Now, the second dress I tried on was a dress that the uh, lady helping me saw while she was getting the other dresses and said, oh, this would look nice on her. You guys, when I tried on that dress, my face, my body, everything. I was like, this is it. I don't need to try on anything else. Like this is the dress. I knew it before I even came out of the changing room. And it's funny because you couldn't, I couldn't quite take it all in because I have a mask on my face, right? So you can't get the full effect with mask on. But I was like, this is the dress. So I put it on and I'm smiling from ear to ear, but of course nobody can see that because the mask is on. And I walk into the room where my mom and my maid of honors are on Zoom and everybody loves the dress and it's great. It has pockets. I told her, you know, they were like, do you want to try on other dresses? I said, I'll try on maybe one more, but I'm telling you this is the dress. So I'm trying this on mom, just like other things, just so you can see, but this is the dress. I tried on another dress. It was pretty, but it wasn't it. We went back to the second dress and she went, I told her, I said, go get a veil. This is my dress. So she went, she got me a veil. This was a dress, was a very long train, um, a very long veil, very dramatic, perfect for our big church wedding because the aisle was over, I think the aisle was about 100 feet. So very beautiful to see me like coming down the aisle like that. And I thought my husband would love this. So we stay there, we finish up, I get the dress. We don't even go to RK Bridal because it doesn't even make sense. I've got this dress. The next day we do go to David's Bridal and we find my mom's dress and all the little accessories that I need, like the tiara and stuff like that. So that was that. So I've got the dress. They tell me it's going to take, um, usually dresses take six months. And I was like, um, okay, but it's now November and I'm getting married in April. We don't have six months. So they rushed it and they told me that the likelihood is that I will get this dress by the end of, and then, you know, I would need to get it altered. So I said, okay, well, that's the best we can do. I'll just pray about it. We got the dress for the end of March. Boom, left. So 
you know, we're going about and we're wedding planning and I'm, I'm learning really how to, during this time, the Lord is teaching me patience. He is teaching my fiance and I, you know, different where we're strong, our different strengths. And then he's really showing me what is important. Like during this time, I had to evaluate what does a wedding mean to me and what does the marriage mean to me and what is more important. And at the end of the day, I realized that our marriage is more important. Although the wedding is a beautiful ceremony, it's a beautiful time to celebrate your love and come together before God. At the end of all of that, it's a day. And what's most important to me is my marriage and how we grow into marriage with as as spouses. So we started our pre-wedding counsel, our premarital counseling, and that was a lot of fun with my pastor. And we did a bit with his bishop as well, who was actually going to be marrying us. So we made sure we got enough marriage counseling and all the salient points. And it was my favorite. So if you are in a space where you're courting, you're engaged, and you're wondering, do I really need premarital counseling? My answer to you is yes. You need to have this conversation and you need to have somebody else there. So when we went to premarital counseling with my pastor, it was her and her husband, and they're giving us all of their years of experience and what happened during their wedding and how they've learned how to grow and blend their families, all of this wisdom you don't want to miss out on, and then helping you to identify things that are important. Because remember, usually when we go to premarital counseling, the people who are counseling us have been married for eons, right? So they're giving us advice. But we're also, what I love about even who surrounds us, we are also surrounded by so many amazing married couples who pour into us consistently as well, which is very important. So I covered the dress shopping, covered the premarital counseling. So we're still pushing on for an April wedding. We've got everything in order. I'm like, God, just make everything work, make everything come together. This is a pandemic, so it is stressful. So when I tell you my trust in God was at an all-time high, because we are planning a wedding for 60 people, that means that everybody that we would like to be, like, you know, extended family and stuff couldn't be there. My brother couldn't fly in. My, at the time, my maid of honor couldn't fly in and my other brother couldn't fly in. So it was like, okay, it's just going to be all the people who are in Bermuda and local. So I was like, all right, Lord, I'm trusting you. However you want this wedding to happen, it's going to happen. We're planning this wedding, Lord, for 60 people, but we've applied for an exemption. We haven't heard anything. Now, during this time in March, Bermuda is kicking up with COVID, okay? COVID cases are skyrocketing at an all-time high. Bermuda did not experience this in all of 2020. 2021 March comes and we are skyrocketing during COVID. And I'm like, Lord, (laughs) Lord, what are we doing about this wedding? Because COVID cases keep increasing. The regulations are now changing to you can only have 20 people at um, at a wedding. Or if you have a church wedding at the time, you could have 20% of the church's capacity. So me and my husband thought we were winning because we were saying, okay, well, if we have to have a smaller reception, it's fine. Still, everybody can come to the church because 20% of the church that we were getting married in was 80 something people and we only had 60. Well, lo and behold, 
about three, maybe a month before the wedding, they closed all the churches. They said prices of worships, worship have to close because of COVID. And I was like, okay, well, there's plan B, Lord. Plan B is not working now that nobody can come to the church. So if you wanted to have a wedding, it would have to be outside and it would have to be at a maximum of 20 people at the wedding and 10 people at the reception, unless you have been granted an exemption. So I said, okay, Lord, all right, well, we're still praying. I have faith the exemption's gonna come through because I have faith, I have my superpower is faith. So I'm having faith in God that he's going to work it all out out. I will still be able to have the wedding, maybe not in a church, but definitely have my 60 people, etc., etc. So during this time when all of this is happening, my maid of honors surprised me and my mom and my family, my in-loves surprised me with a bridal shower. Now, listen to how God worked this timing out. So the day of the bridal shower, of course, I don't know it's happening. I am oblivious. Me and um, Cornell are just driving around trying to pick up different things for the house because at the same time, we're trying to get our home together. Cornell bought a house the summer before he met me and then we started renovations. We started planning and designing um, around September-ish and then we started renovations in January, February, right? So the house is under renovation. We're picking up things. The furniture is here. We're trying to get certain things in. Of course, some of the work is backed up during COVID and, and it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress. So I, I would advise you, I praise God for being a peacekeeper, a peace creator and giving us that spirit. Um, to just carry on. But that was consistent prayer. Because if you are planning a wedding, I really do advise you to not be doing any other big projects at the same time. Our home is being renovated the same time our wedding is being planned. So of course, that is causing a lot of stress. I had to, at that point, really evaluate how I was dealing with things because you don't know until, you don't know what you don't know, right? And I thought that I was really good with managing my stress, like I had a regime, but I've also never been this stressed out. I was in the middle of a Supreme Court trial that lasted two to three weeks. So that requires, I'm sorry, a Supreme, let me let me make it clear for you guys. I was in the middle of a Supreme Court murder trial, which of course is a lot, attempted murder, sorry, is extremely a lot, requires a lot of focus, requires you your attention really 24 hours a day, even after your nine to five is over in the evening, you're still working. So I'm doing that. I am helping my husband navigate the renovations and I'm trying to plan a wedding. I have never had so many things on my plate at once. And God really had to tell me to stop and I thank God for the people in my life and even my doctor who was just like, you are burnt out. And that's going to be another episode for another time. I experienced burnout for myself to a high extent. And 
I was able to make it through that and, and conquer that. And I will talk about that maybe in another episode, really conquering burnout. I know I've done it before, but listen, as, as we, as we grow, as more things come on our plate, we learn. So I will talk about conquering burnout, but I was able to conquer it. That's the moral of the story. I was able to conquer burnout. So all of this is going on and my maid of honors, uh, and my, my parents and my in-laws are planning this bridal shower. So my honey and I were driving around, we're picking up things for the house. And all of a sudden I'm feeling this pain in my side. And I was saying to my, my husband, well, my fiance at the time, I said, honey, I think I need to go to the hospital because something is wrong. And he was like, are you sure? Maybe it's just gas. Like he's trying to work through it with me because he knows what's happening. He knows there's a bridal shower in a few hours. I don't know these things. So he's like, are you sure? Is it nothing? You know, maybe some Tylenol and some sleep will help. And I was like, no, I think I need to go to the hospital. And while I, why I was really, really um, concerned is because my father, he has, he had to have his appendix out a few months ago in emergency surgery because he had a pain in the same area that I have a pain. And he's also had like his gallbladder out. I've had my gallbladder out. And I was like, oh my God, this is something else I've inherited from my dad. I really thought like, I felt like my appendix was going to to do something. That's the feeling that I have. So he took me to the hospital. Of course, it's COVID. He can't stay with me. I get to the hospital And I know in the evening, all I know is in the evening, it's my mom's birthday and we're going out to lunch. I'm sorry, we're going out to dinner. We were planning the dinner the week before because her birthday fell out on Easter Sunday. So we thought, you know, everybody will be busy at Easter. So we'll do the birthday dinner the Saturday before. So I tell the doctor, I'm not really feeling well. I don't know what's wrong. This is, this is, you know, the pain. However, I have to get to my mom's birthday dinner on um, today at six. So if we can do whatever we can to get me out of this hospital as soon as possible, because I cannot miss her birthday dinner. This is the last birthday I'm going to spend with her as just her daughter, not somebody else's wife, just her daughter. So please. So the doctor was very friendly. She evaluated me. She sent me for all the scans and she was able to get me out as fast as possible. Um, and then we realized that it wasn't my appendix. I pulled a muscle trying to move boxes um, with my husband. And that's why I have that pain that I was having. So he comes to back to get me. I go and I get dressed and I'm like, okay, honey, let's go. We've got to make it to dinner. So we're driving to Grotto Bay where we're supposed to be having my mom's birthday dinner. And as we pull up, I see my maid of honors, my sister in love, um, my mom and my stepmom, and they're all there doing, um, you know, screaming surprise. So they planned a drive through bridal shower for me. And this is what I mean about strategic timing of the Lord. So the regulations were changing again on Sunday. So if they didn't do this on Saturday like they did, I wouldn't have been able to have a bridal shower. So, you know, I'm really excited. My mom had bought my whole bridal shower outfit that I had and I'm coming up from the hospital to this thing, right? So I'm still in a bit of pain, but I'm also really excited and then overwhelmed, a lot of tears. And all of my friends and family who couldn't make it are driving their cars through 
say dropping off gifts, giving me, you know, best wishes and prayers, playing a few games and leaving. So it was beautiful and I was so overwhelmed. Like I the second I pulled up, it was just tears. I was just crying. I spent most of this day crying because I really did feel the love that everybody had for me, but I also feel felt the love of God. So move on. After the drive-thru is finished, my maid of honors were like, all right, well, that's it. Um, You are actually having dinner with your mom. So why don't you go to the other part of the hotel, go take some pictures, and then you guys can go to dinner. We'll see you later. So I was like, all right, cool, fine. So I go to the back of the hotel with my mom and my stepmom. And thank God, one thing I do love about my mom and my stepmom's relationship is that they get on really well. Like they talk, I can go to the movies with the both of them. They'll talk um, like without me present. They will cook each other food. Like they get on really well. And I think that's just the blessing of God because that makes it easier for me. And it helps to make me feel safe and loved even, you know, over the past few years as their relationship has grown. So I go in the back with my mom and my stepmom and they're taking pictures or taking turns, taking pictures of me. And then they blindfold me. And I was like, what are we doing? I thought this was over, right? So they blindfold me and they're both on each arm of me. They're like, just trust us. Just follow us left foot, right foot. And they walk me back to the um, restaurant part of the hotel. And as I'm walking into the restaurant part of the hotel, all I hear playing is Aladdin's A Whole New World. Now listen, Aladdin, like I said earlier, is my favorite Disney movie that's why I wanted the Princess Jasmine dress. It was, anyway. So A Whole New World's playing. So at this point, I burst out laughing. I still can't see anything. I burst out laughing because I'm like, what is actually going on? Like everybody just left. So they sit me down, they take off my blindfolds and they have about, cause we could only have 10 people at this time. So they have 10 of my closest friends and my family and they're all there to have dinner with me and do some more bridal shower activities which was super fun so they had an aladdin themed bridal shower for me which spoke to my heart and we just had fun so i was you know i was over the moon my my cheeks actually hurt right now because i'm still grinning as i relive it and talk about it with you guys but We had fun. The way they set it up was that every person was on their own table in a semicircle around me so that it was COVID friendly and it was really beautiful. And we played games and we laughed and I opened out the gifts and it was just amazing. And I had to come away from there thanking God again because I was like, God, you knew that tomorrow the regulations would change. You knew that if they didn't do that today, that I wouldn't have experienced the bridal shower that they've spent months planning. You knew, Father, that although I was going to be in pain on that day and have to go to the hospital, that you would move the hands of the doctors and the nurses to get me in and out of that place quickly. You knew everything. And I was so happy that God and and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the whole Trinity was moving on my behalf that day. So that was my bridal shower. So we're excited. We've had the bridal shower. Um, It all has worked out really beautifully. And then I believe that was like the last maybe Saturday in March. Yes, the Saturday before my mom's birthday. So bridal shower is over and we're continuing here and we're going back to wedding planning. 
And um, I'm starting to get this urgency to kind of uh, make sure the house is as, as done as it can be. We already know that it couldn't be completely done um, before we got married on April 22nd because of COVID. So the tiles were backed up, the windows were going to take long. So some things had to be done real on honeymoon. But I was like really rushing my fiance at the time around like, honey, I'm tired of seeing boxes. We need to set up this furniture. We need to do this. We need to do that. You need, we need to call the mirror people. We need to get the TVs. Like I had this urgency to create a home. I know when they say pregnant women get to a stage where they're nesting when they're preparing for a new baby. I felt like I was nesting, right? Preparing for a new married life. So I did my best and we were able to get almost everything set up with just the few things that needed to be done, which was like um, the windows need to be installed and the master bathroom needed to be done. But at least we had a working bathroom, working shower, etc. So we had everything done. So so that was it <laughs> until April 11th at 7.30 p.m. when the when the premier of Bermuda held a emergency press conference. Now, listen, we are supposed to be getting married in 11 days, but I also know that we haven't heard back from the the government on their exemption. We haven't you know, we've talked to the videographer and and other people and they're all teed up for the 22nd. But the cases in Bermuda are at an all time high. And in my spirit, I'm just like, something's going to happen. So even the week before I go and I get my nails done and I tell the girl like, you know what, just make it French a beautiful French. I wanted to leave my nails bridal just in case anything's happened and I wouldn't be able to come back to the nail salon. So 7.30, the premier gets on the TV and he tells us that we are going into basically shelter in place. Stay at home, he called it, but it's shelter in place for seven days starting April 13th at 5 a.m. Now, he says it lasts seven days. And we were like, okay, all right. So this is me because I've been holding my breath all day for this press conference. And I'm like, okay, well, if we do seven days and my fiance at the time, we're talking like, honey, if we do seven days, that'll take us to next week, Tuesday. We're getting married in about 11 days. So we'll still have an extra amount of days. So we're trying to decide what we're gonna do. Are we gonna postpone this wedding? What What's gonna happen? And during the question and answer period, one of the media outlets asks a question that prompts the chief medical officer in Bermuda to say, even after the seven days, we will not be allowed to mix households. So even after we shift from shelter in place, we still will not be allowed to mix households. So of course now I'm crying because I'm like, Lord, I don't know what what are we supposed to do? This is stressful. Like our wedding's supposed to be next week. We're so close. What are we gonna do? And I am just like a mess for a little bit. And my husband and I were talking about what we're gonna do. And then we just decided we were like, let's see if we can move the wedding up till tomorrow. And we're like, tomorrow? Like, yeah, let's try and see what we can do to move the wedding up till tomorrow. This is, by the time all of this is done, it's like 8, 8.15 p.m. And we're trying to move the wedding that was planned for 11 days 
time up. So we have about 12 hours to really get to planning. So this is, this, this is where God really worked. So I'm, you know, I call my mom, he calls his parents. We're like, okay, we're going to be moving this wedding up to tomorrow. So we're going to, there's going to be a lot that needs to be done because we need to see who we can get into contact with. But first let's call the hotel to see if they can accommodate us. Fine. My husband gets on the phone. He calls the hotel. The hotel guy was like, uh, you know, my staff are on teams. I have to check if I can have enough people in to see if we can get it done, but I'll see what I can do. Give me a minute. We'll call back. Fine. So we give him him a minute. We, at that time, he calls us back and he says, listen, we can do the wedding. We can do it for 20 people. We can do it for the roof on the, on their disc, which is like an outdoor area. And only 10 people can come to your reception. We're like, okay, we'll just make it work. Now, during that time, I look at the weather for tomorrow and the weather is thunderstorms and gale force winds for an outdoor wedding. So, you know, I was just like, um, Jesus, (laughs) Jesus, we cannot have outdoor wedding with thunderstorms and gale force winds. I mean, this is exactly why I have never wanted an outdoor wedding to begin with because the weather is so unpredictable. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put prayer on it. My mom put prayer on it and leave. So as soon as the hotel says, all right, we'll make it work. We can accommodate you. Fine. We get on the phone next with the, well, we had already talked to the bishop and we knew the bishop was on quarantine till the following Wednesday. So we were like, okay, the bishop is not going to be able to marry us. He's on quarantine. So what can we do? I get on the phone with my pastor who also was doing our premarital counseling. And I said, you know, pastor, we've watched the press conference. She said, yeah, I'm watching it now. We've decided to move the wedding up to tomorrow. She said, oh, okay, great. I said, can you marry us? I said, we have our marriage license. We made sure we picked it up early. Can you marry us? She was like, yeah, I can marry you. What time? He said, 4.30. She said, I'll be there. So I was like, okay, good. We have a location. We have a pastor. Fine. This is great. So next thing I call is the wedding planner to give her a heads up. She said she just watched it. I told her what we're planning on doing. She said, okay, let me get in contact with the, so she went off and got in contact with the makeup lady and the photographer, right? Remember, we meant from moving our wedding up 11 days till a Monday, a Monday when some of our our vendors also have nine to fives, right? So the wedding planner reached the makeup artist. She said, you know, her nine to five is a teacher, but she'll be able to do it. So she'll be there. Fine. I was like, okay, God, we have, we have, all right, we've got a location. We've got a pastor. We've got a, a makeup artist. This is going great. I then say to, we get, my, my mom gets the decorator on the phone. The decorator goes, listen, guys, I'm under quarantine, but my florist is not. I will make it work. So he got his florist to get everything together for decorations and get the flower organizations together. Fine. So we have a decorator. The wedding planner is able to get the photographer. The photographer says he'll be there. Now, then we get the videographer and the videographer also says, 
you know what? We will make it work for you guys. We will be there. Just tell us what time we need to be there. So all the vendors are saying they're available. They can make it. And I'm just here like, thank you, God. Like I'm, I'm starting to get peace right now. I don't have my dress because it's still at the seamstress. My husband doesn't have his suit because it's at the tailor. The girls, my maid of honors, their dress is at the seamstress. The best men's uh, suits are also at the tailors. So we actually don't have anything to wear. So we have everything in place. My hair needs doing and um, I have nothing to wear. So my husband and I were like, okay, we'll just go in town the next day. Uh, I'll find something white. And I was okay with that, just finding something white. And he will find some Bermuda shorts and a shirt and it will just be very casual and we'll do a big wedding later. And we were okay and I was happy with that. But I was saying to him, you know, I would really love if I could get married in my wedding dress. Like it, it would really mean the world to me if I can get married in my wedding dress. So my husband goes to me, why don't you just call the lady? And I was like, well, she's already, already asked her if she can get it to me early. She told me, no, he said, just call her. So, you know me, heeding to the advice of my future husband at that time. I said, all right, honey, I'll call. I called the lady and she says, you know, she promised another bride her dress, but because her wedding was supposed to be the Saturday, maybe she's going to have to postpone it. Let's her call. She calls the other bride. The other bride said they're going to have to reschedule their wedding so she can go ahead and work on my dress. The lady says, all right, your dress will be ready at three o'clock. So now I'm excited because I don't have to bend over backwards to go find something to wear in Bermuda, which can be very hard sometimes. And I have a wedding dress. So now I'm elated. I'm going to have this wedding dress. Um, And now it's just down to my hair. My mom calls my hairdresser who has been doing my hair since I was a child, since she had to do put me in her lap. And she says, that's fine. I will wake up 730. I'll, I'll meet her at the salon at 730 and do her hair. So now I'm ready because my nails had been ready already. So I'm super excited. I'm like, oh my God, look at how you just worked everything out. Like you've taken away all possible stress. You have allowed people to come and be ready to just move on. Like it's just the favor of God would have taken me out, okay, that day. The favor of God is is all I can say and the peace that surpasses all understanding. So I had Singalese twist in my hair. So if you are a woman of color, you know how long that takes. That is a four or five hour hairstyle. And I was just gonna do it again because the lace front wig that I ordered for my wedding also was not here. So yet, because it wasn't supposed to come in till the week of the wedding. So I go and I get home and my husband and I, after we finish on the phone, talking to all the vendors and stuff, it's about 10. Bermuda's under a curfew for 11. No, it's about 9.45. So I say to him, honey, if we get married tomorrow, when we come back home to this house, we won't be able to go back to our parents' house to get our things because we can't mix households. So he was like, oh, you're right. So we get in the car, ride to my mom's house, and I start like grabbing all my stuff and throwing it in the car, grabbing all my stuff and throwing it in the car. And what was good for me is that I had slowly been moving my stuff 
as we as the house was being ready so all the things like the winter stuff I moved out and some of the things that may have been a little bit too small in the season I moved as well so all I had left at my mom's house was the clothes that I needed for the two weeks that I would be left living there so I grab everything I throw it in the bag grab the honeymoon suitcase everything throw it and we get it in the house right so of course the house now is now a mess because we're just throwing things in there we'll have to sort it out afterwards All right, so I go home after that and I leave him and I say, you know, I give him a kiss and tell him I'll see him at the altar because I know I'm not gonna see him before then. I go home, I take out the Singalese twists that are already in my head, which takes like two hours for me to take it out. And I try to gather my thoughts. I go and have a, a short rest. And then in the morning when I wake up, I realize I needed to send a work email because I'm supposed to be at work Monday and Tuesday. Of course, I called my boss the night before. She said and told her I need these two days off. She said, that's completely fine. Take the two days um, and then sort it all out because, yeah. So I get up at six. I come back to the house. I send some work emails and then I write a letter to my husband. Um, I penned a note to him and left it on the kitchen counter for him. I go, I get my hair done um, and I'm sitting there and my maid of honors are absolutely phenomenal, okay? If I can give the best award for best maid of honors, they will win hands down. They were so focused and organized and ready. Like God knew, God said, you need these two in your life for your wedding. And he made it happen. And I love that not only are they my friends, but they're my sister friends. So they had already organized a whole plan. Like they did what they needed to do to have the day off. And I was sitting there getting my hair done. And they're like, what do you need? We're on our way to town. And I said, well, I haven't. And, and, you know, sorting me out. And I was like, well, I haven't had lunch. I haven't had anything to eat since two o'clock on Sunday because all of this went down and who has time to eat when everything like this is happening. So I'm getting my hair done. One of them, Sarita runs in, she gives me like a protein shake. Then she runs away and I'm talking to them, telling them that, you know, I don't have this. I don't have that. And then I said, oh my goodness, I wish my toes were done because I didn't get my toes done. I was wearing closed toe shoes. I had a pair of beautiful Jimmy shoes. And I was like, ah, I don't need to get my toes done. When I was getting my hands done, that can wait. Because if my toes don't get done, it's not the end of the world. But they organized it. They went, they had um, a salon ready for as soon as my hair was done. I went to go get my toes done. While I'm getting my toes done, they're getting me lunch. We go, we grab my stuff from my mom. We head back to the hotel. And I'm so grateful because my mom called the hotel and said, do you have any rooms available so that she can get dressed at the hotel? So my husband was able to have a room for the guys to get dressed and we were able to have a room. So I said, okay, God, it's all working out. Now, let me tell you, we get to the hotel Um, and you know, I'm like, okay, I need to relax for a moment. I just need to catch myself. So they know I love baths. So my, so Akila, you know, she goes, she runs me a bath and I go sit in the bath for about 10, 15 minutes because the makeup lady arrived early. So I go sit in the bath and relax for 10, 15 minutes after I finish the bath. My maid of honors, they come, they anoint my feet and they pray over me, which was really, really sacred at that time. And after that, we, I go and I start getting my makeup done. I get my makeup done. Um, and, you know, I'm waiting for my mom to come back. Now, during this time, 
we get a call from the seamstress and the seamstress says that she can have my dress and my maid of honor's dresses ready. So this was a bit earlier in the morning. And I said, oh, really? So if they can get ready, let me see if we can get the boys suits ready, right? So I call my husband's best man because my husband was running around. So I call um, his one of his best men, Robin. And I said, listen, the girls can get their dress. Can you see if this tailor can work out the suits? So it turns out that I have my dress. My maid of honors have their dresses. Cornell has his suit. His best men have their suits. They didn't have any ties. He went into town to Marks and Spencer's. He was able to find matching ties for them and everything was ready. So we could be the full bridal party that we were going to be the next week. So I said, okay, Lord, you're doing it. Like you're doing the thing. I'm super excited. I'm ready to go. And, you know, got my makeup on. The videographer is now there. The photographers there were taking pictures and um, everyone's makeup's done. And and while everybody's makeup's done, one of my sister friends, Alandra, she comes to the room. So she's there just helping us all out. And it's great. So we pop a bottle of champagne to do a toast and we start doing toast. And of course, I'm like, you guys, you cannot make me cry. My makeup is done. So I'm trying to hold my tears together and I make it through Aquila's toast. I make it through Sarita's toast. And then my mama <laughs> started and that was it. When I tell you we went into a period of praise and worship and tears, we were crying. We were saying hallelujah. We were speaking in tongues. The photographer was there. I don't know if he's a Christian. I don't know if he knew what was going on, but I could see he was still snapping away. And we were just praising God for this moment, for us to be here, for him to work everything out accordingly, for the Holy Spirit to move on our behalf, for the angels that were there on assignment, for what was going to take place that day and that night. We were just in such a high place of praise and worship. I couldn't have wanted anything else for my wedding day than to stop and have some time acknowledging and praising God for who he is. Not that he just showed up on the wedding day, that, but that he had been showing up my whole life and granting me favor and granting me wisdom and putting the right people in my life that would be able to organize, that would be able to identify problems, that would be able to cover me in prayer. God is intentional and he is strategic about the people that he puts around you. So ask God to encompass you with the right people because he knows who you need for what time. So I am just elated. Now, we go back inside and I'm starting to tear up again. We go back inside, we stop and I just pick up my phone, you guys, and I realize it was 427 and I don't have a wedding dress. So all of this time, something had been wrong and my maid of honors were very strategic. They did not let me know something was wrong. They would just disappear and then they'll come back. So now I'm saying to them, like, you guys, the wedding starts in three minutes. I'm still in a robe. You're still in a robe. Where are the dresses? And they're just like, everything is fine. Everything will be fine. Everything is fine. It's all going to be okay. Now I'm sitting here like, what is actually happening, right? So I'm starting to get anxious. I'm starting to get nervous. I really do not like being late. And I'm like, okay, well, somebody call, call the boys, tell them that, you know, we don't have any dresses because I wanted my 
husband at the time to know, but apparently the boys were over there in their own prayer session. So they weren't actually ready either. So that worked out. So the dress probably came at 4.50. You guys, I stepped into my dress and walked out the door. Like that's how quick the change was. Like everybody, the dresses came in, we changed, we walked out the door, we were ready to go. And I, you know, I'm walking there and the weather has, although it had been raining, it stopped. There's no thunderstorms and the wind is not strong at all. It is calm. You would never believe the weather forecast that was for that day because there was no signs of it. So, you know, they're all holding my train and my veil and we're going up. And during the day, I'm trying to tell the wedding planner what songs we're going to want because I didn't spend enough time thinking about it, which I let me less me not forget that the DJ also was able to make himself available, which was so very important because we needed mics for an outdoor wedding. So I said, okay, I want the girls to come down to a thousand years um, by, is it Christina Perry? Um, It's the song from the Twilight movies. So I was like, okay, I want them to come down to that. And I want to come down to Israel Houghton's Hosanna. That has been the song, since the, I first heard that song, I said, I'm coming down the aisle to this song. And I remember my honey and I going back and forth because of course he plays a pipe organ. He really wanted me to come down to organ music. That was important to him. And I really wanted to come down to um, to uh, Israel Horton's Hosanna. So it ended up being my selection. So my dad's there to walk me down the aisle. The My mom goes first, the girls go, and the song starts playing. And I'm, you know, waiting for my dad and we climb the steps. And there, you know, I'm there and my friends, 20 of my closest friends and family are there and they're so excited for us. And then I look to the end of the aisle and I see that my husband-to-be is up there and he is crying. And I am so happy because <laughs> one of the things that we would joke about, I was like, honey, if you don't cry at the wedding, I'm going back to the beginning of the of the um, aisle and I'm starting again. And he was like, I'm not going to cry. You're going to cry. So it was funny that he was like, I could tell that the moment, like just being in that moment was so holy. And even the music as, as, as we're singing, like as it's playing Hosanna, like we have people sitting there worshiping, like what better way to celebrate a wedding than starting it with praise and a little praise and worship that wasn't intentional per se, but it, it was perfect for the time. So we go, I get to the top, I walk to the aisle and he turns around and he sees me and he smiles and he tells me how beautiful I am. And the ceremony just works out to be beautiful, a lot shorter, but looks like we totally planted. Nothing looks rushed. I even asked one of my sister friends, I said, uh, Lise, can you sing a song for us, please? And she's like, sure. So she was able to sing. We had a cellist come and everything looked like it was supposed to be like that. It was so absolutely beautiful and phenomenal. We couldn't have planned it to go any better. And I, I just want to praise God in this moment and thank him for just working it all out that he has designed every part of this dating, courting, engagement, even down to the wedding to be perfect. And and I was able to just adjust because remember, I'm preparing myself to be a wife 
in 10 days time, like in 11 days time, not tomorrow. And he was allow us to just sort of sink into our new roles as husband and wife. And our families just blend so beautifully. There's so, so much love. It's like one big family. And although we couldn't have the big reception that we wanted, we were able to have our parents and our siblings there for dinner, knowing that we're, we're going to do something bigger later like when COVID has come to a, a, a place of being okay, we are going to have a big, uh, I think it's called a blessing that you do have a blessing of the marriage and a big celebration for the friends and family. And everybody was so understanding who couldn't, who knew they couldn't be there because of the number restrictions, but they sent their loves and they sent their prayers. And I was just so overwhelmed that day. Like I was just looking like we were looking at each other like, oh my God, we're married. <laughs> so we go, we sign the registry. And one of the things that I wanted to do before everybody left was to have our first dance. So we went, we signed the registry. My pastor said, you know, you now want to welcome Mr. and Mrs. Fox for the first time. We walk back into where we just got married and we do our first dance. And it's a mix of Casey and JoJo's All My Life and Bob Marley and Lauren Hill's Turn Your Lights Down Lou. So it's a nice blend and my husband and I are dancing and he's just looking at me like, it's it's like we're married now. So I just wanna thank God and I just wanted to share that testimony with you that even when everything looks like it's going to go wrong, when the Holy Spirit is working on your behalf, when God says your wedding needs to be on April 12th, not on April 22nd, you listen because he knows, he knows. So I, I just thank him. And I, it's, it was the peace, the peace. I had such peace on the wedding day. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't anxious. I was just at peace at peace, just, just so at peace. And I knew it was God. I knew this was his doing. This was nothing but his doing. And I was here to accept it. So we got married. Um, we spent two days at the hotel. We came back home to our beautiful house where we have been in shelter in place, <laughs> which we are currently just coming out of today when I'm recording this episode. So we've been in the house. Our wedding, our honeymoon flights aren't actually till Saturday. So it's been nice. It's like we've had this extended honeymoon. We had Monday and Tuesday off. And then Wednesday to Friday, both of us went back to work, but we're working from home. So that was lovely. And now I'm off all of this week and for the next month. And God has just been, I just wake up every day. Like it's a surreal feeling that I've, I've woken up, especially the next morning. Like I woke up next to my husband, next to my covenant partner, next to the man that God has specifically designed and aligned to be in my life. And just seeing how God's moved in this process is overwhelming. Like it makes me want to break down and cry and scream hallelujah every time I think about it, because God thought so much of me that he would have spent time designing this way of life that I'm currently living, that I would be able to know him and under, un, 
not understand him because we will never understand the workings of God, but trust him enough to know that when things aren't going my way, it's fine because they're going God's way. And that's what truly, truly matters. So I really, really, really enjoy sharing this journey with you. Um, I know this episode has gone on and been longer than we thought it was going to be, or at least I thought it is usually, you know, before. Usually I'm usually about a 30 minute episode. This one's about an hour, but I really wanted you guys to hear our story, to know I can't wait to show the share the video with you and just allow you to see how God's moving. Even as we are traveling, we decided we're traveling for honeymoon. We were both fully vaccinated and we decided that we're going to go to Dubai and the Maldives for honeymoon. So pray for us as we travel on multiple airlines. Our flights have been canceled five times, but we have now been rebooked completely on a different airline that has not canceled a single flight. And I, I just even thank God for the favor and how we're able to travel. So if you guys want to see how honeymoon's going, how traveling's going, check out my stories over the next few weeks. Of course, I will not be on Instagram as per usual, because I'm on honeymoon. <laughs> but when I when we do have time to stop and post, I will so you guys can see how it's going. Um, you will get episodes every week as promised. I have already recorded with some amazing women that I know you would love to hear from and learn from. And you probably won't see me back for another solo episode until maybe the end of May, beginning of June. But I love you all. Thank you for your well wishes on the gram. I have seen every comment. I have seen every DM. I am so excited. So with that being said, do not forget to follow me on social media at Shantae Sapphire and follow the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast at Pray, Plan, Slay podcast on the gram. Okay, if you have any questions, be sure to shoot them over to me. Send me a DM, send me an uh, email at info at prayplanslay.com and I will be sure to get back to you. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. I will see you next time for another episode. Have a great day.